Hey guys, welcome back to Devoted Devotions. My name is Tandy for those of you who are new. Um, before we get into it, I do want to excuse my voice because I am feeling a little bit under the weather, but the work needs to continue. Um, and so I hope as we get into this episode, it won't be a distraction and that you guys can actually hear the message that the Holy Spirit has um, imparted with us this evening. Colossians 3 verses 20 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Let's bow our heads as we invite the Holy Spirit to join us. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your protection and your mercy. Father, you give us all these things even though we don't deserve it. You've given us your Son, Father, even when we despised him. Your word says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so at this time, Father, we come to the foot of the cross asking that your Holy Spirit may be poured out into us, that we may learn directly from your throne room, Father, and that we may do the things that we learn and put them in practice. All this we ask in your mighty name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Exodus 20 verses 12. Honor your father and your mother, and your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The fifth commandment is the first command that instructs us on how to deal with our neighbors. So naturally, it's about how we are to relate to our very first neighbors here on earth, our parents. So while this law and all the other neighbor laws speak to the earthly, they also represent higher spiritual applications that we will also get into later on. These laws are training for a higher spiritual fulfillment. For instance, the specific command to honor our earthly father and mother prepares us for a higher relationship with the Most High, who is our collective father. Isaiah 63 verses 16 says, Doubtless you are our father. Though Abraham was ignorant of us and Israel does not acknowledge us, O Lord, you are our father. Our redeemer from everlasting is your name. So basically, this set of commandments is like a bridge that carries us from how we are to relate to our Heavenly Father in Heaven to how we are to relate to our neighbors. But let's talk about the earthly aspect first, right? We must understand what kind of honor we are talking about and what constitutes mother and father. So let's first look at the word honor, kabad or kabed. This is word 3513 in the Strong's Concordance. The primitive use of the word is like refers to heavy, burdensome, mainly in the sense of importance or greatness, right? So Isaiah 66 verses 5 says, Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word, your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake. Let the Lord be glorified that we might see your joy, but they shall all be ashamed. So the word glorified is also word 3513. Therefore, kabad or kabed speaks to 
the weight of honor we are to bring to our parents, right? And there is a penalty for doing the opposite, which is to bring dishonor to them. Deuteronomy 27 verses 16, cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. To dishonor, according to the word used here, is kala, which denotes to degrade or to esteem lightly, right? So not only is there a promise of life for those children who honor their father and their mothers, there is a curse associated with breaking this commandment. The punishment was spelled out in Deuteronomy chapter 21 um, from 18 to 21. Verses 21 says, Then the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Okay, so take note of how scripture calls the dishonoring of father and mother evil. Remember, all sin is evil. And sin can basically be as simple as a daughter or a son refusing to obey the voice of their parents. Now, having said that, we need to clear up another matter, which speaks to the types of parents we are to honor in the way that the law states. Remember that the parents in Deuteronomy 21 were commandment keepers. Let's look at Mark chapter 3 verses 30 to 35. Then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And the multitude was sitting around him. And they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them saying, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he looked around in the circle at those who sat around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Whosoever does the will of the Most High is a mother, brother or sister. When your biological mother or father does not raise you according to the word of the Lord, then the Most High often places people in your life to act as your spiritual mother, father, brother, or sister. An important aspect of honoring your parents is obeying their voice, listening to their instructions, advice, and warnings. And we're talking about like righteous parents here, right? Whether they are parents by blood or not. And we need to understand that much of what defines a civilization starts with the family. Society is made up of people and people are made up by families. Who you are today has a lot to do with who your family was while you were growing up. Imagine a society filled with families where children honor their parents and where parents lead their families with compassion and understanding according to the word of God. What kind of impact would that have? Unfortunately, the world we are in today is not living according to God's design. And so we're so advanced in science and technology, but the family unit is an utter shambles. We live in a society where 
even the definition of what makes up a family is up for debate. And it shows. The Bible reveals that traits like unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. 2 Timothy 3 verses 2 to 3. You might be surprised to learn that one of the traits mentioned include being disobedient to parents. When the family setting crumbles, then civilization isn't far behind. The family matters. And God intentionally designed it to play an important role in our lives. He designed this commandment to make that role work. Remember, the first four commandments tell us how to relate to God. And the last six tell us how to relate to each other. So it's no accident that this commandment is focused on family relations. The family is where human relations start. Just as the third commandment reminds us that followers of God are carrying the name of God, acting as his representatives in the eyes of those around us, the fifth commandment reminds us that we are carrying the name of our families. The things you do, say, and become reflect back on the families that you belong to, be it physical or spiritual. A family unit is at its strongest when the children honor their parents by showing respect, obeying, accepting correction and guidance, and by living in a way that improves how others view the family name. Not only just for our earthly father, but for our heavenly father. When kids honor their parents, they honor God's design for healthy families, which are a building block for a functioning society. Remember, parents are stand-ins or like mediators between the child and God. Until that child is old enough to be accountable for their own actions to God, they are responsible for that child. So this relationship dynamic that God is setting up prepares kids to obey God and relate to him in a proper biblical way. And when you read the Bible, you see just how much God actually cares about families. When families are healthy, then the society is healthy. When kids understand authority in the context of family, then they grow up and understand authority in the context of a healthy society. Remember, these laws were given to the Israelites just before they got to the promised land, just before they were about to establish their own society. And when Jesus prepared his disciples to be sent out, he cautioned and instructed them regarding these matters. He knew that this message would cause division. He himself said that he didn't come to bring peace on this world, but a sword. Matthew 10 verses 34 to 36. What he said there was in line with Micah 7 verses 6, which speaks of a time where evil will be rampant. This division will be due to the word of truth, which cuts like a sword. 
Isaiah 49 verses 2 And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. Revelations 1 verses 16 He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. That sort of truth will cause great division in a household where parents will be against children and children against parents. <laughs> it's quite a time. This tells us that in the last days, righteousness will dwell with unrighteousness in many households. And we as believers will have to do as Yeshua commanded. We'll have to forsake the unrighteous members of our families. Matthew 19 verses 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or wife, children or lands for my name's sake shall have a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Righteous parents will not lead their children according to corruption. And they will in fact lead their children according to the law of the Most High, according to his commandments as we are told in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 6 verses 20 to 23. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. And when you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Reproofs are, of instruction are the way of life. This is so beautiful. Reproof, being corrected, is a way of life. Because we tend to not want or we tend to not be comfortable being corrected. But it is a way of life. It's part of growth. Scripture here is instructing us that parents are to train up a child in the way that they should go. So that when they are older, they don't depart from it. So by disobeying righteous parents who are instructing you directly from the word of the creator, you are in fact disobeying the creator himself and dishonoring him as well as your parents. While we are to submit and honor righteous parents, dealing with unrighteous parents is a completely different topic. The example we find in scripture is of Jonathan. And there we read of his father Saul, the first king of Israel, wanting to kill David after the fame he received after killing Goliath. Where even his own son loved David more than his own soul. 1 Samuel 18 verses 1 to 4. Saul was even driven to hatred to the point where he tried to convince his son to lure David in so that he could be killed. We actually briefly looked at this example in Rest Ed, 1 Samuel 20 verses 30 to 34. This was a very heated moment where Saul even threw a javelin at his own son because of how angry he was at him in that he didn't want to um, betray David. 
This passage really tells us that Jonathan actually defied his father by helping David make an escape. And the record does not show that he sinned in doing so. In fact, by helping David, he was doing the will of the Most High. So basically, when you weigh it on a scale, doing the will of God is more important than obeying an unrighteous parent. Finally, we have Jesus' own words concerning this law. In Matthew 15 verses 1 to 6. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded you saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his mother or father. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Basically saying, I can't give you any money because the money I was going to give you, I'm supposed to give it to God. This goes hand in hand with Proverbs um, 23 verses 22, which says, Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. We are to honor our parents even in old age. If they cannot fend for themselves, then it falls to us as their children to make sure that they are taken care of and they have everything that they need. Not want, but what they need. Let's not be like the Pharisees who say, what we intended to give you has already been given to God. We fulfill God's law by honoring our parents, both with words and with actions. This is true even if your biological parents are unrighteous and even if you count them as your enemy. Honoring your parents is more than just obeying them in your childhood. It's about your attitude towards them from beginning to end. 1 Timothy 5 verses 8 says, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially in their own households, have denied the true faith. Such people are even worse than unbelievers. Sure. This is just one example of how we can honor our parents as they get older and as we get older and basically showing that it's not only speaking to obedience but caring for them as they get older. Basically that's not the government or the society's job, but it's your responsibility as a child. If we are to treat evil and unrighteous parents and the people in our lives this way, how much more are we to honor parents who are righteous? Listen, the honor we are to show them should be as the Hebrew word indicates. Our honor for them as kabed or kabad implies that it should be heavy 
weighty or burdensome in its greatness. God promises to bless those who honor their parents and submitting to godly wisdom makes for a satisfying life here on earth. And just before we end off, remember our parents are supposed to prepare us for this world. They are responsible for making sure that we have the skills and characteristics that we need in order to be fully functional adults, even in their absence. They also have more life experience than us. So when they advise us, they may know more information than you do. They know the consequences for certain actions. So listen to their advice. Receive correction from them. You might not think it's relevant because they don't know how to use a smartphone and like, you know, they need to get with their times. But our parents are actually wiser than we give them credit for, especially when they're being led by the Most High. So I implore you to honor your father and your mother. Our Heavenly Father, you are so gracious to us and for that we owe you our lives. We submit our minds, bodies and spirits to you, Father, asking that your Holy Spirit might fill us and complete the work that you have begun in us. All this we ask in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that we all open our hearts to the word and allow it to transform us so that we can become more like Christ. The word says to test the spirit. Pray about this, especially if you have unbelieving parents, because you will require discernment to be able to sift through what the Holy Spirit is telling you and what it is not telling you. And if you have learned something new, please share the episode with a friend or two so that they can learn and be blessed. In the next episode, we will look at the sixth commandment. From your host, Tandi, thank you for listening. Stay blessed.